Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Burkhardt. Today, we're talking about what you don't want is yours. So the essence behind this is Emerson's quote of where your focus goes, your energy flows. The things that you focus on become yours. And we're going to talk a little bit about how fear uh, affects your life, but also how pain and the avoidance or ignoring of pain really brings back exactly what you're trying to ignore or avoid to you over and over and over again. I'm going to give you a ton of different examples of ways that you can process your pain. We're going to talk about why that's really important and how it affects you. Uh, I really hope this is going to be helpful. I, I have heard many questions this week about um, stress in general. Um, but also how in the world do we process pain and relax? So you might want to take some notes on this one. Enjoy. All right. So what you don't want is yours. So what in the world does that mean? Well, you know, the thing that drives us nuts, right? Just drives us absolutely batty and crazy, has enormous power and energy over us. Okay. So, uh, you know, let's take fear, for instance, fear of anything. I'll give you a couple examples here in just a minute. But when you have fear, it affects your behavior. It affects the words that you use. And there's a lot of energy connected to that fear. And, you know, it immediately goes to the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, flight, or freeze, right? So, you know, I've got friends who, um, they're definitely fighters. And so if they feel any inkling of fear, they're like attacking a person, right? Whether that be in person, you know, maybe not physically attacking, but just with their words or uh, on social media. That's a big one right now. Uh, I've got other friends who completely clam up, right? They, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm dead. I'm frozen inside. Some of them will even say, you know, I was in this conversation and I kind of left the conversation. I had this kind of out of body experience. Uh, and that, that's a huge sign that your fear has enacted that sympathetic nervous system. Okay. So there's a lot of energy there. So a, a, a good example, I think that's really easy is, you know, a fear of dogs or a fear of spiders, right? My two girls have a fear of spiders, um, but fear of dogs works too. You know, if you have a fear of them, and usually it's because of some sort of uh, negative interaction that you've had in the past, or could be, you know, maybe you haven't had a personal negative interaction. Uh, let's say you have a fear of tarantulas, but you've never actually been around a tarantula before. Your, your fear of of the unknown, right? Um, or, or maybe a, a collected fear, meaning somebody in your sphere has, you know, this fear and, and it was based on an experience and they've given it to you and you've just kind of collected that over time. So wherever you got the fear, there's a fear. And what it does is it makes you on the lookout. So my two girls, they're, um, all the kids, they, we live in a weird kind of house, but the, it's not the basement, but it's the lower level of the house and they call it the basement. Uh, but it, it, I mean, Hey, we live kind of out in the country a little bit and they, they, they're spiders, you know, that's a way of life. Uh, and so they, they're, when they're on the lookout, gosh, it really changes their behavior, right? Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Josh Finley, he's a, a pastor. I forget where he pastors out of, but there's a quote that I often think of, and I actually have it in my car. And it says, um, 
Uh, how exhausting is the maintenance of an enemy? Oh, I love that. How exhausting is the maintenance of an enemy? So it's really talking about, you know, when, when you have an enemy in your life, when you have somebody that you're just not in harmony with for whatever reason, it's exhausting. You know, if you have somebody who uh, you have a bitterness towards that you haven't forgiven for something, you know, maybe they said something 20 years ago and, and you've held on to it this whole time. How exhausting, how much energy it takes to keep up that, that bitterness, right? Uh, more recently, uh, in the last couple months, I've really been delving deep into my mindset around my health. And I had this epiphany that I had a fear of being thin. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, just in brief, some of you know my, my story, but, you know, with, with my background, there were things that happened and there were a lot of messages that were given to me over time. And it was much more safer for me to be in a large body and not get attention from anybody. And until I had that aha moment, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what's wrong with me? How come I can't lose weight? How can I, well, when I realized that that was the message that I both caught and that I developed over time, I was like, oh, well, let me work on that one. Right. So now I've been focusing more on, you know, how do I want to show up in this world? And it's interesting because as I've gone on and I've really thought about, you know, that that question and, and what the answer is for me, I have thought a lot less about food and I've been losing weight. OK, so my fear of being thin and all of the messages that were attached to it, guess what? It, it was making me bigger. Uh, it was as if my body was trying to get big enough to get my attention to say, pay attention. You've got something here you need to work on. Okay. It takes a great deal of energy to maintain your fear. I, you know, I, I don't you know, at least 20 years of being overweight for me, that's a lot of maintaining, you know, um, the, the fear and a lot of energy, time, resources, uh, you know, medications, I mean, ways of life that, that I've not had for 20 years, right? I, it makes me think of Emerson's quote, where your focus goes, your energy flows. What you're thinking about is what you're going to get. So if you're thinking about, you know, the, your fear of spiders, guess what? You're going to see spiders. If you're thinking about the bitterness you have towards somebody that, that you've not forgiven, guess what? You're going to have more bitterness, if I'm thinking about, I've got to protect myself and keep myself safe and, you know, being big is one of those ways, guess what? I'm going to eat. Does that make sense? All right. So in light of that, what should we do? Well, you know, first you and me, okay. Cause this, this episode is as much for me as it is for you. Pain is like a stepping stone that can make your heart bigger. Okay. Most people, especially in the American culture, think that pain is something that we need to negate at all costs and do it as quickly as possible. You got a headache, pop an ibuprofen, right? Um, you've got some sort of um, sadness happening, let's go ahead and pop another pill, right? When in reality, pain of any kind, whether it be mind, body, or soul, is really an indicator that there's something there that you need to address. 
And if we alleviate the pain without addressing what might be causing the pain, the pain is going to come back. It's like saying, oh my gosh, I've got a headache. Let me get, take an ibuprofen. And then worrying about your headache. Well, guess what? The headache is going to come back. Okay. We can't ignore or deny the pain. When we do that, what happens is that we have dis-ease. Okay. So disease, dis-ease. We also have distress, right? Um, uh, be, because we have the, the stress, now we have weight gain. That's a big thing for, you know, I, I look at, um, people who are, you know, obese now in a very different light and with much more love because of my own processing. Okay. Um, and also because we're stressed, guess what? We don't have the greatest relationships. So our relationships suffer too. Okay. And in the long run, what's going to happen, I don't care if you have a nine to five or you're building your own business, but you're going to lose out money because, you know, the more stress, let's say this, if, if you are really stressed and you're, it's turning into sickness and it's turning into, I'm missing work now, you know, are you going to lose your job? Are you not going to get that promotion? You know, how are you going to be perceived? And so all of this to say, you got to process the pain somehow. Okay. So how do we do this? Well, first of all, you know, let me just tell you, oh, just calm down and relax. Yeah, that's going to do something, right? Okay. But in reality, you've got to do something that relaxes your muscles. Okay. I learned this when I did my, I had my surgery almost a year ago now, and I'm, I was allergic to all pain medications. So uh, you know, pretty extensive surgery. Doctors, thank God, never told me before the surgery. They'd never had anybody do it without pain meds. Um, they, they thought for sure I was going to be calling and asking for a prescription. Uh, but I made it through. And there were many things that helped me, but I can tell you that they were all related to I had to relax my muscles. The way that our physical bodies work is, is you cannot feel fear and have relaxed muscles at the same time. Fear enacts the sympathetic nervous system. Relaxed muscles enact the parasympathetic nervous system. So that is your rest, digest, and grow. Okay? So you literally can't feel two things at, at the same time. So when people say, okay, take a few breaths, the reason why they're saying that is not to infuriate you, but because breathing helps to relax your muscles. Okay? Once your muscles are relaxed, now we need to, you know, a lot of people say, um, uh, you know, self-care. Well, self-care is relaxing your muscles. Good for you. Awesome. But self-love is relaxing and saying, okay, now, why does this thing bother me? Okay. What's the message here for me? What's the pattern in my life that's developed? Okay. So self-care is taking care of yourself in the moment to relax. Self-love is saying, I'm going to care first. And now I'm going to take it one more step. Okay. Um, so sometimes you find out that, you know, when, when you, uh, you realize, okay, wait a minute, why am I overeating right now? Like, like what's the thing, right? And for me, it was always, uh, connected to, you know, maybe I'm mad at somebody or somebody's mad at me or I feel bad or I feel guilty. Okay, stop. Before you continue eating, take a few breaths, close your eyes, maybe do some humming, you know, because that calms you too. And then say, okay, what is bothering me? What's the message that I need to get? And how do I confront that? Not with food. 
And then I also had to, after the asking part, I had to forgive. So I, I not only had to forgive myself for, for maybe the overeating, but I had to also forgive, you know, whoever, which, whichever person or group of people that I was dealing with. Um, and sometimes I had to forgive the situation. Okay. And, and also release myself, others, and you know, whatever else that, that I needed to just say, okay, that's done with now. Okay. So that is processing your pain. Now, some people really can't do this on their own, especially when you're just starting out. So if that's you and you really want to practice something like this, I would highly recommend that you seek help. Now you can see, seek help from, you know, a professional, you know, a, a therapist, um, that kind of thing. Or you can, uh, talk to a really great listener. You know, if there's somebody in your life who is really for you, you know, that they're for you, they, they're encouraging you talk to a really great listener. Um, if for whatever reason you just can't make those two work, uh, I would highly recommend Byron Katie's. So her first name is Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, and her last name is Katie. I know a little weird, K-A-T-I-E. Um, she talks about what she calls the work, which is a, a questioning process. And it's pretty simple. Uh, the more you do it, the more it gets in you, and then you don't need the book anymore. Um, but it's a questioning process to really play around with your perception. This is especially useful when you are having relationship issues. Um, so she has several different books out there. Just go on Amazon and look for it. Um, yeah, I think I've got four or five of her books. So just in each one, it goes through the actual inquiry process. So just grab one, whatever calls to you, grab it. Uh, that's something that you can do on your own. Uh, but of course, if you need help with that, you can also let me know because I've been doing that for years. Uh, another thing is imagining how you want it to be. So when I, I have really been working on uh, imagining what I want sitting down to a meal to, to look like and feel like. Um, there's some newer research out there that actually shows that when you can um, hold an image, so really think in your mind, you know, after you have relaxed and gotten, gotten your body relaxed and you're kind of in a meditative state, if you can hold the image of whatever it is that you want, so for me, it might be sitting at the table, you know, taking one bite at a time, savoring that bite, having a great conversation. If you can hold that image for 17 seconds, that image will start to become a reality in your life. Now, I don't, you can't just sit for 17 seconds once, right? And, and you, there needs to be feeling there too, right? So you're, you're, you're trying to create an image, but also the feeling around it. And if you do that, you know, several times a day, you know, even a few times a week, um, that's going to really help you to change the image of what you want of your life. So let's say there was a, um, I don't know, a heated discussion between you and your significant other. If you sat down and really thought about now, there's a danger here because sometimes you sit down and you think about it and you're like, oh, I should have said this or he should have said that or, you know, no, no, really sitting down and thinking for 17 seconds, what would a great conversation look like? Not rehashing and fixing your previous conversation, but what would a great conversation look like, right? Um, thinking through, you know, what is the, the body image that you might want to have of yourself? You can do this with anything. Okay. Um, another way that you can process your pain. A lot of people do this through prayer. 
right? Um, gratitude is a really good one. Just staying in that place of gratitude for a while. Maybe you need to do something physical, Okay. So, uh, I have some friends, they're very fond of doing a dance party. You know, when anybody's really struggling with somebody, something and they're, they get to that point where they're like, okay, I'm almost there. Okay. Turn the music on. Let's dance it out. Right. Let's dance it out. Um, I'm a huge proponent when I'm really struggling with something in my mind, I like to go for a walk. It helps me sort things out. Um, I've got a friend who loves to work in her garden. Right? So there's so many different ways that you can process your pain. It's not about how you do it. It's that you do it. Uh, I found this interesting. I was reading, can't remember which book now, but really talking about stress. And they gave the, uh, several actually examples from the animal kingdom. And they were talking about deer in particular. And I think this caught my attention because you know, we live in an area that's just ripe with deer. And they said, you know, if a deer is hit by a car uh, and not like fatally hit, okay, but hit like, you know, just a little bit, maybe on their, their rear end or something, uh, what they'll do, you'll notice they'll go into the woods uh, and then they'll fall. And you might think, oh no, uh, you know, they're, they're dead, but their body goes through this process where they actually go into um, kind of a sleep. It's kind of like they're unconscious and it'll happen for about seven minutes. What's happening inside their body is their body is literally processing that pain. So it shuts down seven minutes. All of a sudden they are up, they're up on their feet. And what you'll notice is that they do this shaking, their whole body shakes, and then they're off and running. And so the, the seven minutes of quiet relaxes everything in their body and they get up and they literally shake off the tension. And they just continue on. And, and studies have shown, first of all, I don't, I have no idea how they do studies on deer. I think that would be a fascinating read. Um, maybe you don't agree with that, but you know, if anybody has any notion of, of how they do studies on deer, let me know. Cause I want to know. Um, but they said that studies have shown that, you know, the deer after this, they, they just don't have the stress that let's say us humans would, right? Uh, you know, if you ever talk to somebody who's had an injury or a really bad illness or uh, something that they just haven't had the ability to process, so PTSD is a really good example, um, whenever they're triggered, they go right back into that, right? They haven't taken the opportunity to relax all of their body like that, that seven minutes, right? Seven minutes is a long time, guys. I mean, think about that. Seven minutes is a long time. Um and then shake it off somehow. They haven't processed the pain. So now every time that they are, you know, exposed to something that triggers that, they're right back in that moment. Okay. So what you don't want is yours. So people with PTSD, guess what? They do not want to experience that again. They never, ever want to experience that. But because they don't process the pain, they come right back to it. Make sense? So it's imperative that you process your pain and suffering somehow, okay? When you do that, it helps you feel better, obviously, which of course helps you act better. You're going to decrease your stress, increase your peace, decrease your dis-ease, okay? Um, when you process your pain, you increase your creativity, your problem solving, your innovation, and guess what? You're going to be better in your career and your relationships, 
uh, it's going to allow you to do what I call make friends with yourself. So, so again, you know, it's not enough for me to know, oh my gosh, I just overate. Stop, pause, really, like spend seven minutes thinking about this, right? Just like that deer. Why? What's going on? What's causing this? Taking it from just self-care to self-love, making friends of myself, right? And one thing I've noticed is that I am much more understanding and compassionate for other people who not only are going through things like me, but who are just going through things in general. Um, I've noticed that as I've stopped and really tried to process my pain, especially in the last couple of years, when people come to me and they're, they're in pain, the amount of love and compassion I have for them, is, I think is exponential than what it used to be. Um, it's just a different way of living. And it also helps me see Hmm, how do I say this in a loving way? Uh, so let's, let's take it maybe 10 years ago for me. Uh, even 10 years ago, I would have seen difficult people as jerks, right? This guy's a jerk. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with him, right? Now I don't see them as jerks. I see them as people with stressed brains. And they're, they're people with stressed brains trying to do the very best they can in this life, just like me. And so now I can have more compassion for them and love them. I, I had a, um, a brief interaction. We actually, my dad and I were coming back from my vacation and we stopped somewhere for, uh, for a meal. And this waitress just, she, you could label her a jerk if you wanted to. Okay. And, um, I just really started to think about her own position and it just seemed like she, she was really, really busy. Um, several times she was like readjusting her mask because you could tell she just couldn't breathe right. Um, she was going back and forth and because of COVID rules, there were extra things on top of the things that she needed to do. And, and so, uh, you know, at the end I was just like, you know what, thank you so much for your service today. I really appreciate it. So at the beginning, I kind of had this thought of she's a jerk, but towards the end, I was just like, thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. I gave her a really nice tip because I'm like, that's a hard job. And it's a hard job to do that right now in COVID times. Um, and you know, I, I hope that that helped her just a little bit. Okay. So the more that we know our own pain, the more that we can understand other people's pain and actually change the world. Okay. So what are you going to do today to process your pain? Okay. I listed all kinds of different ways. So choose that or choose something else, but the choice is no longer to ignore your pain. The choice must be, how do I process it? Okay. Obviously, let me know if you need any help. I would love to, to make sure that you are on the road to at least practicing something. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. I, I never take it lightly when you choose to, to join me in anything having to do with my work. So I so appreciate it. I hope this was helpful. And with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.